Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. Hello, everyone. It's Perry here to let you know that this episode of Collider Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe, the first all-DC platform for us DC fans where you can binge the highly touted original series, Titans, or jump into the all-new Swamp Thing with new episodes dropping weekly. Also, you can check out the thousands of comics just added, catch up on your favorite series, including Krypton Season 1, and watch animated movies like Reign of Superman. Join at DCUniverse.com. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. That little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Babo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's, that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Welcome to an X-Men day filled here on Collider Movie Talk. We've got two stories to talk about. The ending of Dark Phoenix. It was changed. Why was it changed? James McAvoy weighs in. New Mutants reshoots. 
We're talking about that as well and exactly <laughs> what's going on with that movie, when we're going to see it, and I'm breaking it all down with two great guys here. Oh, surprise. We're in the wine already. You ruined my surprise. It's no surprise. It's Wednesday. <laughs> so John Roca and Jeff Snyder Hello, are everyone. here. Welcome to the set, as always. Thank you. We've got a lot of X-Men stuff to jump into right now, so we're going to go right for it. This first story is about Dark Phoenix, and last summer we learned that Dark Phoenix was going back to Montreal for reshoots, but sources told us at that time that contrary to reports of a whopping three months of additional photography, that's a lot right there, they were simply going back for two and a half weeks of reshoots on the third act of the movie. However, now we're finding out that that might not have been the case. In April, we found out the Dark Phoenix, the Dark Phoenix ending was being changed in reshoots from a space setting to a climax that finds the X-Men kidnapped and on a military train. Now we've got James McAvoy telling Yahoo UK that the ending was changed because it was too similar to another superhero movie. Here is the exact quote. The end of Dark Phoenix changed a hell of a lot. The finale had to change. There was a lot of overlap and parallels with another superhero movie that came out a while ago, and we had no idea that we were dot, dot, dot. Kind of trailed off there. <laughs> you know, the quote just ended. So let's jump into this. But before I even ask for your opinions, we mm. got to check the live chat because there are a lot of people chiming in on whether or not they're planning on even seeing Dark Phoenix. David Giordero says, got my tickets already. Reviews don't stop me from seeing any DC or Marvel movie. Haskell420 said, got mine first 10 minutes. They went on sale. Kyle Johnson says, I'll probably get my tickets next week. Going in cautiously optimistic. So back to that quote now. Mm. What movie do you think James McAvoy was referring to? Seems pretty obvious it was Captain Marvel, especially when we talk about the difference in design of Dark Phoenix, of Jean Grey, taking away, making her less flamey, more different in that approach. So it seems to imply, plus the train sequence we saw in Captain Marvel, we have that in the trailers and, of course, in the movie as well. So maybe there was a lot of that involved here as well, trying to take away any kind of reference to Captain Marvel. Seems the most obvious choice. Yeah, especially when you consider the change in the setting of the third act, too, right. from cosmic to on a military train. Right, Seems right. like they're moving away from the cosmic aspect. Well, and that's the thing. Before Jeff jumps in here, I, I don't know if I buy this uh, explanation, to be honest with you, because I have a couple of sources who saw this movie, an early cut of this movie in March of 2018, and they tell me that the ending was already on Earth, so I don't know if this is their way of saying, hey, we pitched you a space movie, but we had to change it because this or that, and so now it's on the ground, and I wonder if they're doing a little PR to cover their butts, I don't know, but it seems odd to me that they would say, oh, we're just going to put it on the ground now, we don't want it to be spacey, when people had seen in the first, an early cut of this film, and it was already on the ground uh, in front of a certain monument in New York. So, I don't know. I thought it was Aquaman. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I, I you know. Are you saying I, that sarcastically? <laughs> it's not what you expect. I, I, I don't mean, know what the original ending was. I don't know what the new ending is, other than it's on a train. I have no idea what movie it could be. Yeah. All right, so... Even though we don't know specifically how Dark Phoenix is going to end, nor should we really right, right now before we even see the movie, another question that comes from this story is, should a movie even be changed for this reason? Because to mm. me, it sounds like, oh, hey, maybe they should have taken a little more time to develop the story creatively so that you don't run the risk of having other movies out there being too similar to your own. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, it, we saw two different asteroid movies. 
We've seen two different Truman Capote movies. Like, it doesn't matter. It's about quality. Can you deliver the goods even though the, you may evoke another movie? I don't think it really matters. It's, it matters, can you do it well? That's what really matters at the end of the day. A lot of movies have scenes that feel similar to other movies, but they do it distinctly differently and make it work with the, the organic structure of their movies. So I, I don't think it's a way to change things. Yeah, Dark Phoenix was originally slated to come out before Captain Marvel right. anyways. Right, right. Yeah. So it, it's like they kind of had... They, they, they beat Captain Marvel to that ending, so why did they switch? You know, this if is ever, why I don't think it's true. Yeah, it's, it's something. PR. Listen, something doesn't add up to me, and this goes back to Jeff Snyder, the reporter's number one rule for being a reporter, which is don't believe anything an actor tells you. <laughs> Actors don't know anything. Well, I mean, to be fair, this no, specific, there's no doing, there's no this, being fair to James well, McAvoy. Actually, yeah, there, see, there, I there know is because the, the, the yeah. things that we're debating right now, whether or not they're true aren't the specific things that James McAvoy pointed out. Right. He said the finale had to change. He wasn't saying, you know, we changed it from the cosmic thing to the uh, the train thing. So. To right. Yeah. To stick to McAvoy's quote, I, I, I am of the mind that if it is too similar, then, then yeah, I'm okay with a change. I'm okay with them thinking we yeah. have to change this okay. to differentiate ourselves and distinguish ourselves in the marketplace, particularly not being a movie that's going to do as well as Captain Marvel, if that is, in fact, the movie that we're talking about True. here. True. So I'm, you know, I, I am sensitive to those creative issues, uh, and I don't blame Kinberg for wanting to go back and tinker with it. But yeah, I, I'm with you, John, that a lot of this, this is just so much PR on the entire X-Men franchise, yeah. including the next film, which we'll talk about soon. Which I don't really fault them, at because this is a lame duck superhero film. None of these actors are going to come back and play these characters again in the MCU. Uh, Disney and, Mar and, and, and Disney and Marvel are trying to recoup as much as they can from this film. So they're doing this you know, PR push. And I wouldn't put it past someone like McAvoy or Fassbender to like, okay, I'm going to speak about these are the points we'd like you guys to hit. Okay, I'll do it. It's part of the PR program. It's part of promoting the movie. No problem. But I don't fault them. They want to make as much as possible. We're going to talk about New Mutants in a little mm -hmm. bit. Same thing. They're just trying to recoup as much as possible before they move on. I, got no, I don't fault them. I just wish – I just think – People can see through this. I want my tell-all book. I still, <laughs> Absolutely. I, I still Who do you a, want writing it? I still want a Fantastic <laughs> Four tell-all book. Oh, right. I want the true story oh, the behind train? the making yeah, of that movie. Yeah. But speaking of this being the end of the X-Men film franchise, as we currently know it, Bruce Crawford wants to know, will you miss the X-Men film series? I will miss it. Uh, way more misses than hits, so I won't miss it too much. I think if the MCU comes out and does an incredibly new version, new version, I think it'll fade in the background, and we won't remember it as fondly as we did before. Especially because people like Singer are attached to this franchise, and that's it's troubling as well. I mean, I, I have Brian Singer posters hanging in my liver, living room; okay. like they're, they're not coming down. Um, I'm a fan of the X Men movies, not a fan of the recent films. Like I can't okay. imagine how Dark Phoenix could possibly be worse than Apocalypse. Um, okay. As far as missing them, I won't miss them. But I think that's because I've already said goodbye. And that's because this franchise ended with Logan. Uh, I mean, let's, let's be real here. Like, the X-Men are Wolverine, is Wolverine. Uh, and once Wolverine is out of the picture, it's just not the same franchise to me. So I've already sort of come to terms and, and bid farewell to them. I think I'm kind of with you on that. Yeah. I'm, I'm eager to see Dark Phoenix just to see how it all turned out. But I've kind of just 
come to terms with the fact that this is the end and also knowing these characters are going over to Marvel and whether they're introduced sooner rather than later, they are going to have a future over there. I can still hold on to the X-Men movies I know and love on a streaming service or on the Blu-rays or DVDs I own. And then we have a brighter future ahead of us. And actually, I'm going to turn back to that comment when we get into some of Kim Burke's comments in this next story. But before we even get there, as always, we have some stuff to tell you about on the collide. Network. Oh my god, there's so much going on. Actually, we're still talking about Game of Thrones. Check it out. Hey guys, it's Dennis here, one of the hosts of Thrones Talk, our weekly Game of Thrones review show that happens live right after the episodes drop on Sunday night. So check us out. We talk about all the cool things that happen on Game of Thrones that night and what we think is going to happen in the future. You can find it on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Collider Videos, or you can find it on the podcast feed, both on the Collider TV Talk podcast feed and the Collider Factory podcast feed. Let's take a quick break. You know what's one of my favorite things to do post-dancing rehearsal? Not going to lie, it's putting on some sweatpants immediately and having a drink. You all know I love a glass of wine or two, but I also like to switch it up. So lately, Jason and I have been making a little cocktail at night using Rum Haven. Rum Haven believes Mother Nature did things right, so it's crafted using real coconut water and not using artificial preservatives or flavorings. It is so incredibly refreshing. I mentioned I like to add it to a cocktail, but it's also actually great over ice with a splash of club soda. It tastes like I'm on vacation, sitting on an island somewhere far, far away which is without a doubt a great feeling, especially during these crazy times. So make sure to follow at Rum Haven on Instagram because they post all types of these seasonal recipes. They do giveaways and tips. Plus, when you go to discover.rumhaven.com, you can find their latest blogs, quizzes, and any promotions they have going on. On one of their latest blog posts, they actually have some tips about planning your virtual watch party, which is pretty perfect since everyone's favorite reality shows back on Tuesdays. Be sure to have a little virtual drink with me, sip some rum haven, maybe even while you're listening to the pod. Let me know what you think. Get ready for the tastiest breakfast under the sun. Jimmy Dean casserole bites. All the homemade flavors of a breakfast casserole packed into a poppable bite. You know something else? They taste good. Hey guys, Perry here to let you know that this episode of Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe, the first all-DC platform for us DC fans. Join at DCUniverse.com and get sucked into new original series like the highly touted Titans or catch up on favorites like Krypton Season 1. Starting May 31st, you can jump into new episodes of Swamp Thing dropping weekly and follow Abby Arcane as she investigates what seems to be a deadly swamp-borne virus in a small town in Louisiana and then soon discovers that the swamp holds mystical and terrifying secrets. You can also get your comic book fix with thousands of new comic titles just added to an already impressive comic library. This includes more recent titles and complete storylines like Superman's Secret Origin, Batman 2011, and Harley Quinn 2013. Also available on the platform are tons of the classic DC movies we love like Batman and the original Superman movie. And if animated films are more your speed, sign up now because Reign of Superman and Justice League vs. The Fatal are now available. DC Universe is available on your favorite devices, so if you were thinking about it before, now's the time. Join and get a year's worth of DC content at DCUniverse.com. In addition to that, if you're looking for reviews for movies coming out this weekend, we've got them for you. We've got Ma reviews and also Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Check it out and oh, 
There's a little show called Deep Cut on the Collider Network. I don't know if you've heard about it. Yeah, it's, it's the Deep Cut. Uh, this week, uh, my guest is Rob Paulson. You know him as Yakko and Pinky for Pinky in the Brain. We talk about his upcoming memoir, how he survived throat cancer late in his life to come back and now be part of the Animaniacs again, coming to Hulu in 2020. It's a great conversation. You don't want to miss it. So go check all of that content out after you finish watching Movie Talk today. All right, story number two. As we told you, we're moving into New Mutants territory right now. Producer Simon Kinberg confirmed that the plan is to finish out the movie's reshoots ahead of its new and fourth release date next spring. (laughs) While talking to Digital Spy, Kinberg said the following... What's happening is we're going to do reshoots this year on that film, and it has a new release date from Disney. That's really it. Part of it was figuring out what the reshoots were going to be, the pickups, and the other part of it was getting the cast back together. So clearly he's focusing on the cast, which makes a whole lot of sense, given the fact that he has a whole bunch of rising stars attached that are very busy with TV shows, some of which are winding down, some of which are still going on. But my question is... What about Josh Boone? Because I've been rooting for Boone to make his new mutants ever since I saw that first trailer. Is there a chance that he might not be a part of these reshoots? I think that chance is a real possibility. I mean, Boone, from what I understand, is is planning to you know move into the stand soon for CBS All mm-hmm. Access. So I don't know if he's going to be off the table and unavailable. I don't know that they've asked him back yet, but I also don't know that they've told him you're like you're not coming back. We're going to find somebody else. To me. I think that they should bring Boone back. I think he should get the opportunity to finish what he started. But at the same time, it's like if he's moved on to something else and has kind of been cut out of the loop on this one, maybe Simon Kinberg will end up directing the reshoots uh, himself. I don't know what the extent of these reshoots will be, how much money Disney wants to sink into this movie, um, and which direction they want to take it. Remember, it was going, you know, like they wanted it it to be scarier. And they made it scary at first, and then they wanted to pull back the scares, but and then put them back. It was like you know putting them back in with it once it uh, hit. So I really have no idea what the fate of this movie is. I just know it's going to be weird matching up the actors because I feel like they filmed this three or four yeah. like years ago. I have a follow up question for you. So I am rooting for Boone to come back and make his movie, obviously. But could there be any complications that we haven't really encountered before with this movie switching studios? Is there anything like contractually with the movie moving from five? to Disney that could maybe block him from coming out and enti- coming back entirely. I thought he. I think contractually he has to sign off on the reshoots. Mm, okay. uh, I mean, oh, wow. again, I don't know who, who's writing these these new scenes if if that's what is required. Um, I, I, you know, I think that there was kind of radio silence while the whole Disney Fox deal was going down between the studio and Boone. So I'm not sure where things stand these days or where the stand stands, frankly. Yeah. You know, I, I, I heard, heard he was casting, but I don't we haven't heard anything. I think the last official update or maybe the last story that we covered on Collider.com was dated January this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously they want to get that going given you know the whole Stephen King renaissance that we're sort of Makes in the middle sense. of right now. I think if you're going to drum up interest in this thing, you've got to move Kinberg off the front lines and bring in Feige. If you want to get people excited that they could turn this thing around, make some changes, what have you. Josh Boone, yes, I get it with Boone. Of course, the horror stuff and his be great to see his version of it. But this thing has already been cut up three separate times. And now they're going to do a fourth. I'm so, sorry. It's been changed release dates three separate times. They're going to do a fourth release date. They're going to make some changes, make some reshoots. It's like it's too much to put a guy through, I think, in my personal opinion. Like, oh, we're just going to keep making you jump through these hoops and then eventually you'll get to shoot it. 
bring everybody back. They're going to look older. Not obviously not the older actors like Braga and whatever, but like certainly Anthony George is going to look different. So is Maisie Williams. They're going to look different. So, Maisie already from Game of Thrones was six, seven, to eight. It's so, completely different. So if you're Kevin, though, why do you why do you want to get involved? In this? Why don't you just throw so, up your hands and be like, I didn't have anything to do with this. This is on you. Well, I think because if you're going to make some money off this thing, you gotta find a way. Because if you're going to waste all this money even doing reshoots and bringing all these people right. and scheduling everything, you gotta make sure it uh, you know it makes some. It recoups some kind of money, and having Kinberg throw in that subtle jab at Fox, saying how Marvel Marvel brought people together really easily, whereas Fox was kind of all over the place. That if you're going to start going down that particular narrative, then you've got to have someone from Marvel step in and narrate and navigate this thing too with Kinberg or in I mean, it's, front of. It's Kinberg. possible that Kevin has larger plans for this cast of characters beyond New yes, Mutants. I don't know possible. who dies and who doesn't this in the is movie, one that could. but it's a good cast because yes. you have Maisie from Game of Thrones, right. you have Anya Taylor Joy. Like I wouldn't want to get rid of these young actors. Right. I understand this one could that survive. it's time to retire Fassbender and McAvoy and Jennifer right, right, right. Lawrence, and how, how you know we've seen enough of them, kind of. But this is a whole new crew, so... That's what I mean. Yeah. Maybe this is one is that worth... could survive because we haven't seen yeah. this version mm-hmm. yet on screen. Well, even on Twitter, Zeno Hourpoint was asking us, any chance these reshoots will tie New Mutants into the MCU or at least leave a door for that possibility? And sure. that's what I think is happening here because what sense would it make for Disney to put any money into this production yeah. at all if they don't see a future in it? And especially when we were talking when you last ran your feature, Jeff, about one of the possibilities is basically, you know, in a sense, dumping it on Disney Plus right. and or Hulu as is and just seeing what happens. If you're not going to go that route and you're going to make changes and spend some money on it, you have to do that with purpose. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to bring up here is actually going back to Simon Kimberg too. What do you think is the future for Kimberg as, the, as you know, a little bit of the, I guess he's kind of leading the charge with X-Men right now. Is there a place for him at Marvel and Disney, or is there not? I would drop him in a heartbeat as soon as I could. Because the stink of this whole situation, he carries with him into the MCU, and the MCU can't afford that. I don't think they can afford that at all. Feige is golden boy and does everything incredibly well. They've done fantastic over the last 10 years. You bring in someone like Kinberg with a spotty record like he has, it can. I think it's just a big mistake all around, and people aren't going to forget. People won't forget. Yeah, I, I think it's time to, to cut ties with Kinberg and, and just let Kevin do his thing over there. Um, but, I mean, Kinberg, is, is, he's not going anywhere. Like, yeah, yeah. There, there's right, only so many people yeah. with, with this sort of set of skills, even if you don't necessarily love the skills. Uh, but it's why Akiva Goldsman, you know, every month you hear about him setting up a new writer's room to, to like, break sequels. With, with God knows who, who he's staffing in these rooms. Kinberg will always have that kind of position. We'll, we'll hear him, at, you know, doing other franchises, stuff like that. But I think with this one, yeah, it's time to cut the cord. Well, for anybody who has concerns about the whole re- shoot idea Kimberg actually said something that might encourage you with the X-Men possibly moving over to Marvel he had said for all of these movies Marvel's really brilliant at scheduling pickups into their budget and schedule so it's all prepared and we have never been that smart for us we're always scrambling to get these actors back together so they're all in the same place at the same time so you know maybe that approach to making your movies is why we're in this position or at least somewhat in this position with both Dark Phoenix and New Mutants. So with Marvel planning, the Kevin Feige architecture, again, bright future for the X-Men characters going forward. Fingers crossed. I think it's a comical thing to ask us to accept that, though, don't you? Like, every everybody says, 
We all know we all do reshoots. Everybody knows we do reshoots. No, don't make a big deal about reshoots. And they go, but we didn't schedule in reshoots. And it's which which is it? So I don't know. It's a lot of. I think it's a lot of covering to base uh, covering asses. I guess. Yeah, uh, you know, I think it, as with every story, the truth probably lies somewhere in between. Yeah. I want to find out that truth. <laughs> Give me that tell-all book. Yeah, yeah. Give me that tell-all book. But from who? Who would be doing the tellings? Kinberg? No. Right. No, that's what I'm I mean. Saying. That's a fair point. I'll probably have to wait decades down the line until we get the opportunity to actually hear the, the true side, right. the possibly true side. Who knows how forthcoming people would really be, even if there was some sort of tell-all book. All right. What are we going to jump into now? Live chat questions. This first one here comes from Kyle Johnson. After the critical success of Booksmart, what are some of your favorite party movies? Mine are Animal House or Can't Hardly Wait. Ooh, party movies. I like. I still like Project X. I like Project I like X. Project X. That, I still go back and watch that. <laughs> that damn thing is insane, and I love it to pieces. And people don't give that thing enough love. Um, uh, and definitely Animal House is an older, uh, but although some of that stuff's a little troubling now in 2019, but certainly was fun when you were watching it back then. Um, and uh, Revenge of the Nerds. That's a fun uh, party situation, the way it ends up at the end, I would say. <laughs> that's just as problematic as Animal true. House. True, very true. Um, Especially that I, I love Project X as well. I love Can't Hardly Wait. That's one of my favorites. But I got to go uh, with, with the OG, Dazed and Confused. Yeah. All right, nice. Party yeah. at the Moon Tower. Super bad, too. <laughs> Super bad. Super no, super bad counts also. I think that's probably that's probably like my growing up in the nineties right there is dazed and confused and can't hardly I had mm. such a crush on Ethan Ember, you guys have no idea. Wow. And that soundtrack, I still I still have the physical C D that I used I to walk too. around with from Can't Hardly Wait. Good soundtrack. I, Adore that soundtrack. Yeah. Um, I wanted to get your take on a couple new trailers that dropped also, because this episode obviously was superhero heavy, but we've got the trailer for The Goldfinch and also the 47 <laughs> Meters Down sequel. So if I could pit two completely opposite movies against each other for you guys right now, which one are you going to see and why? Uh, what day is it? Am I that going to see count. this? You, no? get, you get one day. You All get right. one day. They're opening up opposite each other in my All fantasy right, world right I now. I guess I go see Goldfinch because that looks like a more deeply complex film with an <laughs> interesting twist of being set up within the trailer. But 47 meters dark passage or whatever it's called looks like the descent underwater. <laughs> and I am super excited to see if that's even remotely cheesily good. Uh, it's it's uncaged. 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 That's uncaged. Uh, yeah, I didn't see the first 47 meters down or whatever. <laughs> I do not care about that movie. I will be seeing The Goldfinch. Uh, I think that looks really good. I've seen a lot of stuff online today about how it looks very extremely loud and incredibly close-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't oh, yeah. I didn't really care for that film, but I don't think I hate it as much as most people. I think that The Goldfinch is going to be much better than that movie. Um, I really like the cast that they put together. Yeah. I think Warner Brothers has high ho- hopes for it. Uh, Amazon has that sort of like a little bit of a prestige touch because it's kind of a, it's a co-production between the two of them. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Based on that trailer, I would have to go with the Goldfinch too. Again, the cast is phenomenal, yeah. and that Roger Deakins cinematography, yeah. I, he's just incredible. Yeah. I have to give a little love to 47 Meters <laughs> Down, unca- uncaged. That's what it's called, right? Uncaged. It's a little weird that 
so with the first movie, the appeal of it was that you were going into the cage and it was like something that you could actually do if you go to an exotic location and then it drops and you're just screwed. And here they're going into like an under an yeah. underwater like Mayan <laughs> ruined city or something. And there happens to be killer sharks down. It's absolutely absurd, but I think it looks like a blast. And I feel like if you gave 47 meters down a try, Jeff, you might actually no, like it. That one looks obviously cheesy, whereas something like Crawl, that looks up my alley. Yes. If you, I'm telling you, if you think Crawl looks, give it a chance. Because yes, 47 meters down has some cheese on it. But I thought that the relationship between Claire Holt's character and Mandy Moore was actually, like there was but, but, a little something and, more and, there and, than and what listen, you would expect. Maybe I would check out 47 meters down the original. It has actors I've heard of. Right. Who, who is the cast in this? This you looks know like John Corbett. This you is know who's in this? For money. This is a cash grab. You know who's in this one, actually? And it was the first time I had seen her name in a really long time. The young, I, Now I'm, I'm forgetting her name, and I know she has a sister, and I'm going to say the wrong name. Uh-huh. But the star of the movie, um, The Book Thief, which I thought was a very... Uh, un- Sophie Nellis. Yes, oh. which I thought was a very underrated movie when it came out. She, I thought, was great in it. She was the lead in it. So when I saw her name, I was thinking, oh, wow, you know, we, we might have some media roles here, no? Guys, shocker, Sophie Nellis does not get me to a movie. Sorry. <laughs> She's in there. We got John... Nia Long's in this? Nia Long? Well... <laughs> Sign me up, <laughs> Breck Basinger is in this thing? I don't know. Wow. She wanted, Have she an open Basinger mind, Jeff. Movie. All right, one more question before we sign <laughs> off Summer's for the day. Sylvester so Stallone's daughter's in this? Come on. All, All right. right. Chris D'Onofrio is asking, do you think we'll see a Doctor Sleep trailer soon? I just... If you guys don't answer yes to this question, it's going to break I, my heart. This has been the talk of the office today, so I'll say yes, absolutely. I want and this And shout trailer. out to your brother... Vincent, Chris, go ahead. Yeah, um, yeah no, I, I imagine that we see it uh, attached to some big Warner Brothers movie. I would imagine in the next month. Annabelle, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Annabelle that comes actually, home. Oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense, Perry. Uh, I they showed us really something at CinemaCon. They gave us a little footage. What so. did, can you remind me what you saw again? It was just like a little like, like a sizzle. sizzle. Yeah. All right, all right. I want to see. I want to see a trailer, and I have high hopes that maybe they'll do the format that they did with the chapter two trailer because I want a little time to like reacquaint myself with Danny Torrance rather than just jumping into any sort of quick cutting nonsense because that story is great and I think that's going to surprise a lot of people when it comes out. All right, that's all the time we've got for you today. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, I must thank my panelists, Jeff Roca. Thank you for being here. Adam in the booth, Dorian in the live chat, plus Thad today. Guys, thank you so much for watching this episode of Movie Talk. As always, I must encourage you to like and share the show. Tell everybody you know about us in podcast form as well. (laughs) Just tell everybody you know. Spread the word about Movie Talk. We love being here. We love talking movies with you guys. I am out of here. Guess who's in control the next two days? That guy right there. God help you all. It'll be fine. We got some reshoots. (laughs) (laughs) We got some reshoots. (laughs) It'll be great. You guys have a blast with Roka. While I'm at the Overlook Film Festival, hopefully I'll send you some video messages while I'm there. We will see you tomorrow, 3 p.m. PT Live for more movie talk.